I mean, guys, just know, like, as far as me, I can parent. Um, it's probably the, the best way to put it. It's like I, I can take care of the kids I, it, because we were a partnership. And, and maybe that maybe, again, this is something that, you know, because our situation or our relationship was so great. We co-parented the entire time. So there was nothing that that Jenica did for the kids that I didn't do on a normal basis. Like I cooked probably not as much as her, but I cooked for the kids. I bathed the kids. I combed their hair sometimes. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's three brothers, no sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-hosts, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Man, we uh, we lost two Titans this past week. Uh, one nationally, uh, rest in peace to Representative John Lewis, who represented the uh, northeastern portion of Atlanta down in Georgia. Served like over 30 years. Uh, he's just a, a, a titan in the, as far as the civil rights era goes, one of the leading people on the uh, march to Washington. So he'll be uh, truly missed and and just, you know, a, a personal brag. I was able to catch a catch a picture with him, take a picture with him. Uh, I think that was like last year or maybe two years ago, man. So I'm, I'm like extra happy that I did that. Um, but so he will be missed. And also, man, a local titan in, in Mobile that went to school with us. I'm going to be honest, I didn't know the young man, but uh, Willie McCall passed away from what I read from coronavirus, uh, from the coronavirus. So and he seemed to be, uh, you know, a big deal in the city and helped a lot of people and touched a lot of lives. So, you know, rest in peace to him as well, uh, because a lot of people are definitely feeling that loss. And I just want to give a just wanted to mention those two individuals that we lost this past week. Way to go, Buff. Appreciate you uh, mentioning those two young men who uh, were very impactful in their own right. So they will be missed and remembered. Rizzy, what you got for us, my man? Now I feel shallow. (laughs) Which which you are. You've always been shallow. Byron comes in, talk about how we lost folks. I'm talking about how I'm excited Legend of Korra is coming to Netflix next month. (sighs) Oh, don't tell me you didn't like Legend of Korra. I, I so, did. I did. Okay, it right. was not what it is not on the same level as The Last Airbender. And I don't want to even look at Buff because I, <laughs> I guarantee he's going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? Listen, I just let y'all have it, man. You know, <laughs> because Sky is what it came. The Last Airbender, Airbender came on, what, maybe two months ago? Uh, Yeah, or last month. Or, yeah, um, June. So. Sky is addicted to Aang. Like I said, uh, some people that might have seen the post, I was uh, with Sky Saturday or Sunday. We did a little family day out, and I was putting on Stevie Wonder. For anybody who knows me, that's my favorite artist of all time. And I was telling her, this is my favorite artist. We're playing my favorite song. And, of course, it became my favorite song just because she's a daddy's girl. And I was like, well, he's blind. And I was telling her, she's like, is he blind? Well, can he see with his feet? And I'm like, this girl has watched too much The Last Airbender. Um, yeah. Because there's a, there's a, there's a, what they call an earthbender named Toph who can see with her feet and she's, she's dope as hell. 
but Sky's probably watched that about four times at least, maybe Truthfully, five. Bro, once it comes out, I think Sky would like Legend of Korra better than she'd like uh, the Last Amber Airbender. A lot of a lot of older people was like, "Eh, they weren't feeling it." But I think I think Legend of Korra probably did more for uh, kids and had a little bit more kid service in there than uh, the Last Airbender did. We we shall see. Um, yeah. But when is the drop? Just so I can put. Uh, it, I just said in August. I don't I don't know okay. the you know Netflix until August. It'll it'll tell you the exact date. But um, sometime in August. So we'll we'll let you guys know how Sky likes it. My kids, I can't even get them into the last Airbender. It's weird, and and they love cartoons, anime, and stuff like that. Um, so sh- Ollie wants to dress up like One Piece and be Luffy for Halloween. So he's already kind of made his decision on that. Well, Last but, Airbender is probably one of my favorite cartoons, especially in recent history. What's so hilarious that people, if you could see Buff's face, he was so just out of it and stoic at one point that I thought his video froze. <laughs> <laughs> like he just, had, he just had no expression on his face. He was just going looking. on with the snitching on this show? Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just like, I, I don't know. What's, I don't know what's going on. So Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, The other the other thing, though, and and Byron, you can I've heard rumblings. And so you may be able to confirm. But there's another round of COVID checks supposed to be coming for people under seventy five thousand. Yes. Is that? Yes. (laughs) So I don't know the the salary threshold, but uh, the Senate is is working on it. And I think the House, if I'm not mistaken, they've already like addressed it or passed passed a version of it. But yeah, you, they passed it, I think, yesterday or today. That's uh, like the big breaking news uh, came. So. Yeah, man. So hopefully, a little more money, show more love. Yeah, we we need it, bro. That's the only way that they're gonna prop up this um this this stock market until after elections, because that's what they're doing. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm a, I'm gonna put y'all on a little bit of game. The market's not supposed to be as high as it is. Price to earnings are way too high. Um, people, I mean, companies just aren't making money. I, I think I talked about it a lot um a few episodes ago. Companies are declaring bankruptcy left and right. And losing money hand over fist, but for some reason the stock market's still up. And really, the reason is because of all the stimulus checks. I mean, there's no reason that we should be at. I think we're still at about 11 percent uh, unemployment rate, and the market be at a record high. It just doesn't really work that way. And so, um, again, it's getting propped up, and that's why you're seeing such bipartisan support. Don't think, uh, especially the Republican side, that they're like, "Oh, I really care about my people. I need to get them some money." And, you know, I don't care about the whole um, how much we're going into debt because really we're having to borrow this money. That's another thing because of the deficit. But uh, they definitely aren't doing it for you. They're doing it to prop up the stock market so that because they love companies over people and uh, so that they can keep their money where it's supposed to be. And it betters their chances of winning the uh, White House. Uh, versus uh, if the market goes down. So they have a whole lot of reasons to pass it is why they're really passing it. And it's not you. Just throw that out there. Okay. Well, they might. They might. No, nah, I might even go down. I'm not even going to entertain No, no. Um, not, not, not when they call an AOC bitches on the steps of the Capitol. Hey, hey, he apologized. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you guys didn't know, COVID is very serious and Rozzy's favorite president has acknowledged it and that it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. 
So for all you guys that thought COVID wasn't real, um, the president has confirmed it. So, I mean, and if he confirmed it, you know, it's real. You know, it's the truth now. Everything before then it was fake news. Now it's real news because he said you should. And, and he also said you should wear your mask because it's patriotic. Now, uh, <laughs> before it was, it was oppression and it was akin to slavery. Uh, but now that he said it's it's the most patriotic thing you can do, uh, hopefully, you know, I, whatever, I don't care. As long as people start wearing their masks so that we can actually get through this thing, I'm good. Okay, well, I'm about to get on a little soapbox real quick. Um, just talking about how fed up I am with how people are so drawn into other people's misery and misfortunes. And I think the last few weeks has highlighted it so much. And with Will and Jada, which we haven't we haven't hit on. I don't think we've talked about that at all. We haven't. I'm, and, proud, of, uh, I'm proud of us for that, too. And uh, Kanye, you know, and my thing is just seeing all these posts and all these memes and stuff like that. And when I take a step back and we've talked about this several times about mental health, especially mental health within the black community and more so mental health within black men, because we're part of a culture where we're taught to be strong and not to express our feelings and show any signs of weakness. And when you have people like Will and Kanye, who Kanye has been uh, proven to be bipolar. So his episodes, even though Kanye's even I think and when he is at his, I'm not going to say best, when he's at regular Kanye, he's still somewhat maybe misinformed or his ideas are still, I don't know, I don't know if they're far left, far right, they're just far away. Um, but when he had his bipolar episode this past weekend and people just turned it into a, a, a comedy sketch, it's it's just sad. This dude has real issues. Like, I think real issues to the point where it wasn't just a rant. It was, you know, if you talk to and the people I've talked to, I have known a few people who uh, specialize in mental health and stuff like that. And they're like, that was a bipolar episode. And when they get on an episode, there's no there's no pulling them off. Like it's it's once they're there, it, it has to it has to take its course. It has to ride out. And for people to just ride on that and make that so such so comical and fine pleasure in that has me question what we look at as a society. Kanye's one would Will and Jada. I don't care the details of their, their, their situation. Cause I'm not going to even use that word that people are making viral their situation. This dude is going through a lot. You know, this dude's already been through one divorce. He's what are you about to say, Rosie. Then I, I was just going to say, I'll say it entanglement. <laughs> But it's just like to see him because I haven't watched the whole interview just to see his face and to see a man go through um, someone that he really cares about, no matter what they went through, the the way Jada portrayed the whole situation and for him to visually see him take that in and people can take joy from seeing him 
heartbroken. Like that dude, beside people like, well, it's all about the money. He's worried about his image. Part of that might be true, but there's a, you can see the hurt in his eyes. The, the lack of re, the, the lack of respect. This chick was sitting Indian style, like cool. Like it, it is what it is. So, I mean, and to see how many people just made so many jokes about him being, it being funny and turning the, the E word rising. Where are you? Entanglement. Into a, into a virus. <laughs> and even with 50 coming, like 50 came out and just came like, came hard like on some like, <laughs> like we got to fight. You know, Rick, Rick Ross and August have a whole song. Like, come on, people. Like, we we got to do better, especially when we're saying, hey, black man, it's okay to be vulnerable. You're going through things, too. And I, I honestly respect the shit out of Will because I would have went ham. That would have been the last red table ever. <laughs> you flipped it over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> at, at least I, I, like did you I see mean, the picture like she was sitting Indian style like it's cool um, can we say Indian style I don't is that uh, still crisscross applesauce yeah go with that <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that means I see both of those situations different though and then you just point it out like Will I Will was doing his thing too I mean, yeah, yeah, they were separated. Yeah, he, I mean, it it hurt for him to to really like hear it. But one, this wasn't the first time he heard it. I mean, yeah, you, you got to think about that. And on top of that, it's like y'all were y'all were split. You were doing your thing. She was doing her thing. You can't be mad that she got her little young thing on the side. Oh, when you can y'all be mad. Going through. I mean, you you can, but you you don't have the you don't have the high ground in that. Like you you can't be like I'm mad and think everybody need to jump to your your side. And and I agree. I I think they're they're very different because I I definitely agree with you with Kanye. Like when I was looking at it, I was like I'm worried for him. I'm sad that he's going through that. Like I I I laugh. I did snicker. I'm not gonna lie. I snickered at it, <laughs> but at the same time, it... <laughs> but I'm still laughing. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> but but I didn't make fun of it. There, there's a difference there. Like you 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 can laugh, but because when when you're just reading it, you're it's funny. Like the some of the stuff he tweeted was hilarious. Yeah, well, until you internalize things, you know. Like, yeah, and then you think about you like, man, I'm really worried about him. And so <laughs> I was. I'm glad Dave Chappelle like jumped on the plane, went out there, visited them um that helps just having people around you like coming from somebody who just went through like a very very traumatic event uh having people to just like swoop in and help you is a big deal so i mean i i think when you make it public when you're a celebrity like that it's a little different bro i mean i'm sorry but your pain is going to be entertainment for people because of that celebrity that you already have I, you know, um, with the Will thing, I think he's fine. With Kanye, I do agree that he's going through something. I just want to make the point that, A, it's okay to hold black men accountable sometimes. And far too many times I've seen Kanye's behavior blamed on the death of his mother or blamed on the fact that he's with Kim Kardashian. Like, we always want to blame blame the woman. Like, he could just be 
you know, have by, like like you said, for have bipolar. And I think he he's always had it. Like his talent just hid most of it. But we saw questionable behavior in Kanye a long time before his mother passed away. We've seen it, but we mm-hmm. rock with him, so we ignored it. Now we a most of us kind of don't rock with him in that way, and then b his music hasn't been as great as it used to be, so it's easier to see now. But I, I definitely do think he's going through something. And with you guys, I, I didn't make fun of it. Uh, and I'm also sick of the Will and Jada thing. Like, for the love of God, please stop with the think pieces on Will and Jada. Like, if I see one more dissertation on that bullshit, I'm going to lose it. Man, they all right. They good. Okay? They good. Well, with that being said, let's pay some bills. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, look who it is. <laughs> Sophie, are those your pajamas? Yeah. Is that is those, are those Christmas pajamas? They are. Yeah. She just she, she went and grabbed them. Bro, Sophie, I know she's gonna be hot. Bro, it's just, Christmas in July. Jasmine does that too. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas in July. You should tell Daddy to buy you something. It's Alex's birthday. <laughs> no, it's not. Your birthday already passed. No, it's in 12 days. Nope. Not going to yes, buy it. it is. Nope, 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 nope. That means that, <laughs> does that mean that we have to get you a gift? In 12 days, at least. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give me a gift for my birthday? I don't know when your birthday is. You never asked. What a convenient excuse. Wow. <laughs> no, I do, I, Daddy never told me. I never knew. Oh, I'll take that. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people, we're back, and we have the uh, three brothers' favorite little sister, Sophie, here for our joke. Oh, she's posing, she's flexing, she's ready. You got a good one for you, Sophie? Yeah. Can we boo you if it's bad? I guess. Okay. okay. I'll let Byron boo you. He's a mean one. If it's bad, I, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sophie, take it away for us. Okay. How do you steal a coat? I don't know. I I got nothing, Sophie. You jacket. (laughs) (laughs) John, let me go through my answers. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Very good as usual. Very good. (laughs) Good job, Sophie. Hey, Raji, try that same joke. Let me see how it... Let's see how you sound. See, that, that was my joke, actually. I fed that to her. I just use her to deliver. I it's th- all about the delivery. I thought that so was you. I thought that was a fairly violent joke for a kid. <laughs> you jacket. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I, 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 I can't remember. It, it's one that somebody tagged me in. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm loving it. People like tag me in them. It's it's great. Yeah. So we we have decided it's you. It's not the joke. <laughs> Maybe you should have Sophie go over your old jokes. Roger, you had a couple good ones, man. Yeah. Thanks, couple, man. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate the it. Pockets. That's that's about all I remember. 
<laughs> Y'all didn't even like the pockets when I said it. Oh yeah, you're right. It wasn't. I forgot which one it was. It was something. You yeah, had one good one. I like the run out, running out of material. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a. I know it was one that had to do with clothing. So. Yeah. All right, people, let's get into it. Oh, I do have one. And since we uh, brought up Will and Jada, go for Y'all it. I want to hear it. Go for it. Okay, so if you have kids during an entanglement, mm. are the kids called knots? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> you were saying for. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the. I'm still waiting on the punchline. I don't. Maybe, call, it's, maybe it's your timing. Are they called knots? It, it, it's something I don't know, man. I don't know. You stopped our show for that. <laughs> I'll delete it. Nah. <laughs> All right, people. Um, so we're we're back. And time to get into the question. So, my question, and it's, it kind of, might be kind of weird, is um, I feel like you guys, and I respect the hell out of both of you guys. And, you know, for years, you know, I look up to you guys in many ways, and I'm proud of everything you guys have accomplished. And so, I know we haven't always been who we are. That makes sense. I know we, I've seen I've seen both of you guys grow up and even even when you were young, you guys are still pretty confident in yourselves and stuff like that. But my question kind of comes around because I've seen like some of these posts that I've seen other people make um, either a lot, especially a lot of these younger white people that um, how confident they are being themselves and their feelings and their beliefs. At what point? Were you comfortable being you? What point were you? Un- did you become unapologetically Rizzy, unapologetically Byron, Buff, you know, and what brought that about? Does that make sense? Ah, yeah. 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 I, so, man, because I, I want to say. I wonder, I'm wondering if there are still some situations where I'm not still completely 100% comfortable. But I, I'll say for the most part, it happened um, just the longer that the longer that me and Tabitha, you know, dated and became married and started hanging out with other couples. She's so, you know, y'all know Tabitha, she's pretty much to herself. So Somebody's mm-hmm. got to be the outgoing one if we're going to hang out with uh-huh. other couples. We can't be the couple that just sitting there mute the whole time. We don't get invited with nowhere anymore. So over time, and people always think this a lot. People always think that I've always been outgoing. It's, it's not true. I, I still don't consider myself outgoing. I think for the most part, I'm naturally shy and I'm naturally to myself. But, you know, being with her, and being in those uh, situations with other couples, I forced myself to be the, the engaging one, the outgoing one to, to start the conversation or contribute to the conversation. And that in itself definitely allowed me to voice opinions that I had that I may not have shared before and just really helped me come out of my shell to where I am more comfortable. Like I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a black man. It's embarrassing to say I can't dance. You know, it's, it's embarrassing to say I don't know how to swim and things like that. But over time, 
you know, I've grown comfortable with my limitations, the things I can't do, the things I can do, unpopular opinions I may have or whatever. And it's just helped me be comfortable over time to where, to the point to where I feel like 99% of the time I'm me. There may be a situation we kind of talked about on the last show, you know, like if you're that, if you're like one of the few black people in this huge setting of other people, that can be uncomfortable. And that's why you seek, you know, being with people that, that are like you or whatever. But for the most part, I'm me. And I think, I think it is because of that, man, just forcing myself to come out of my shell due to those situations. Yeah. For, I think there, there's been kind of epiphanies or, or levels throughout life. Right. So I, even in high school, I settled into being the nerd, right? I, even around you guys, I always have just kind of been me um, and, and was comfortable with that and just knew that I was not like everybody. And so there was that, but being 100% comfortable uh, was a lot, lot later. And, and because I think you have to you have to grow and settle into yourself before you can really say that I'm 100% comfortable with myself. So if you're, if you're 100% comfortable with, with yourself at 18, you're probably not going to continue to grow. And so my thing is I continue to grow and continue to grow. And probably in my, you know, thirties, 28, 29, I hate to say it, you know, but, or not, don't hate to say it, but, probably right around the time that I found Jenica and started dating her was when I really felt comfortable in just being me. Um, because at that point, you know, you're still, you're still dating. And so you're still trying to adjust and everything to whoever you meet and all of that. And so, you know, you're peacocking a little bit, so you might actually be a little bit more, um, like flamboyant than you normally would be those types of things. And so, I was comfortable in my nerdiness from very early on and my geekdom and me liking comic books and video games really early on, but it wasn't cool to like anime until we were like 25, 30. Truthfully. I mean, so it, it's only been the last 10 to 15 years before you could actually be a black nerd and, and not get harassed for it. So you know, when, when Dragon Ball Z popped out and everybody was on anime, that's when it kind of became okay to like those types of things. So as I grew, I was continually saying, okay, what, what do I need to change? What do, what am I going to change? Um, and everything. But when I got, when I found Jenica and we settled into a life together, it's like, I didn't have to change. There was no reason for me to change anymore. Right. It's like, I can open myself up and be myself with her and not have to peacock, not have to change, not have to hide anything. I ain't have to hold that fart in because we on our first or second date. I could go ahead and let it rip while we're sitting on the couch, you know, those types of things. So it's like really being comfortable in every aspect of yourself. Really, it's it's when you found that spouse, when you're settled in your uh, your career. 
when you actually identify what career and your trajectory in your career. I know people that are in their 40s, 50s that aren't comfortable with themselves because they really haven't found where they want to be in their career and they're just kind of working jobs and type things. So it, it, it takes a long time for you to really just be 100% okay with yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say probably around 30, 31, 32 is when I really was like, okay, I'm me, take it or leave it. Man, you just made me and Tabitha relationship sound so old, man, because I think I fought it around her when I was in the 11th grade. So, <laughs> you that's probably how, did a that's Dutch how long oven, she bro. You, 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 you were an asshole back then, bro, so you probably... Dude, I, I put the music on mute and everything, make sure she could hear. <laughs> probably locked the doors, locked the windows and everything. Like, I can see you guys in the stanza. Yeah, but y'all been y'all been together since then. Because the thing is, you were able to get comfortable in your relationship yeah, yeah, part very early, definitely. but everything else you had to still get. Yeah. Like I could probably say the same thing about Allison. Like I was farting in front of Allison <laughs> that early too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, but but when when that divorce happened and I had to go back out and try to date again, yeah. you 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 gotta you gotta exactly. adjust like, every time you meet somebody new. And like Chris Rock said, when you're dating, when you first meet somebody, they're meeting your representative. They're not really meeting you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Um good answers. But if I want to actually ask uh mention something, when you were saying um those those moments of like when you walk in a room and you're the only black person, I think those are I think that's cool because I think that's just natural when you're in a new environment, those temporary moments of discomfort. I think everybody has that, you know, it is just, I think being able to, the key is, does it, does it hinder you from accomplishing your goal? Are you paralyzed by it? And I don't see that in you. Like I see some people, they'll, they'll walk in and the moment overtakes them. They can't overcome the moment. And I don't see that in you or Rizzi. Like, I think you guys always can rise to your occasion. You can adapt to your situation, which is, I think big, you know, some people are just fearful or they're, they, they only can, they only can survive in their bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I think it, it was, it's, it's two phases. I think I've always been fairly comfortable being me. You know, I always realized I was different. You know, I've always been different, you know, like growing up in Dallas, I was usually the only black kid. Then when I moved back to Mobile and, you know, for the short period I was at Booker T, like that might've been the most uncomfortable part of my life that like probably two, three months I was at Booker T. That was not, not where I needed to be. You know, I was, you talk about being a nerd rising, you know, I got in trouble for being smart. Uh, literally, the teacher sent me to the office because he he asked, "Well, you guys are wearing these X hats. You don't even know anything about Malcolm X. Can you tell me anything about Malcolm X?" And of course, I had just read the autobiography of Malcolm, Malcolm X, so I go in and do this dissertation. He's like, "Oh, you're a smart to the office." So, but for the most part, I've always been comfortable being myself. But I think when I really started feeling a level level of comfort, and here's that HBCU moment is when I got to fam probably about year two, year three, maybe right before I pledged, maybe around that time, I'll say 2000 after I was a freshman and I'm after, I, you know, my sophomore year and I moved into my own apartment and stuff like that. And I was kind of out on my own. And I, between that time and the time I pledged and then went to Afghanistan So by 2000, the end of 2003, I felt like I had accomplished so much and I had seen so much to be my age that I was completely comfortable being me for that age. Like I was 
you know, I never really felt like I needed to follow the fads or, you know, or do certain things that other people were doing just because it was cool. It was just, I was always with, there was a certain level of comfort that I can't explain. I used to actually tell people, and I know people, I told them embrace their inner furg. And embracing your inner furg was basically just be comfortable being yourself. Like, it is what it is. Your situation is what it is. Like, I knew I was broke. I knew I didn't come from money. I knew that school was a struggle for me, but I was comfortable in that. I had my moments, but I, at the end of the day, I was still comfortable being myself. Even when Roger was talking about dating, like, the stuff I said when I was dating or approached women, like, there had to be a certain level of comfort just to be, to say the stuff I was saying. Because I never was, I never felt pressed to impress women. You know, it was just like, it is what it is. You know, either you like me or don't. Either way, I'm going to have fun. Like, if I strike out, it's going to be a story to tell. And I think FAM did that. So I, I go back to my HBCU plug for a second. I think FAM helped me take something that I was already comfortable with doing and just taking it to the next level because I truly feel like the right HBCUs are like small temporary utopias for a growing and developing black mind. I feel like it's the Wakanda of America. Like it's just split up where you, you get to be yourself. You see black excellence. You see these things, you see these powerful black minds and this, these different dialects and these different thought processes and different experiences all culminating on one at one central location and they're all the same age around the same age and stuff like that and being able to be around so many people and pull from them and give to them and stuff like that it just it, it was just a growth for me and the second for me was a little after I, I met uh z so it was when she moved up here and it was after probably my lowest point i talk about all the time uh right after i turned 30 and I made a, a uh, I started doubting myself before then. That was probably one of the only times in my life I really doubted myself. And around 2011, when I decided to go back into the workforce and I put my mind to something that I was going to, you know, I was going to marry this young lady. I was going to fix my, my credit. I was going to get a job that I was proud of. I was going to do certain things that I was going to do. I had this list of things to do by 35. And when I started checking those things off the list, for me, it it reiterated that I was good enough. It reiterated that when I when I felt my best, when I was truly embracing my inner Ferg and being who I I'm supposed to be, all my potential and all the things I had been through to, to that point in my life made me great at what I was doing, who I was who I was becoming. That I I got this comfort level again, and um, since then the sky's been a limit. You know, it was just always pushing towards that next goal, pushing towards what I can accomplish next. And I feel like I can accomplish the world as long as I, I stay focused. But I think for most people, you know, we all go through those moments where we're uncomfortable or we're not sure of ourselves. But like you said, some people are 50, 60 years old, still trying to find themselves. And I think sitting down and just kind of realizing, are you comfortable being you? Who are you trying to impress? Are you are you comfortable with the way you look, the way you talk, the way you dress, your your income, your job, your relationships and stuff like that? Just taking a second and just not dwelling on it like in a negative thing for one, embracing it and being comfortable in that moment and finding a plan to go to the next level. So. I think I answered my own question, uh, but 
You know, I was thinking about that a lot this weekend or this week, past week. No, man, it's 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 a it's a deep question, and it's hard to answer because, you, like I was talking about those levels. Even you you talked about the the two different instances uh, where you started feeling comfortable uh, with yourself. So it, it's it's definitely hard to do. Yeah, definitely. So who's up? Who's up next? I think it's buff. All right. So let me, because I'm prepared to go through the entire story. But did you guys? Are you guys familiar at all with the story of uh, the young girl who got sent to juvenile detention for not doing her homework? Not doing her homework. Yeah. 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 Just like tertiary. Like I didn't get into the details, though. Okay. But but if you can give the listeners the highlights, though. Okay. Because they may not know. Quick highlights. Uh, She's I think she's 15, 15 years old now. Uh, But basically, you know, uh, a lot of schools went to the virtual learning thing and uh, she originally went to court for uh, larceny and assault. She had been beating on her mom. At one point, she pulled her hair and bit her. And so the judge uh, said, well, look, I'm going to put you on probation. And these are the terms, and I'm going to be very strict about it. I'm going to follow to the letter of it. And one of those terms was that, that she had to, you know, do her schoolwork, not fall behind on her homework or anything like that. And she had a caseworker as well. And when the caseworker checked in with the mother and the mother said that, you know, she's been staying up late, sleeping in, not checking in on time and not completing her homework. So the caseworker was like, "Okay, bet. So she let the judge know. And uh, the young lady, they call her. They're calling her Grace, by the way. They're using her middle name. Grace went back to court and the judge said, hey, you know, I I told you what it was going to be like. So sent her to juvenile detention. Now, in this racially heated moment that we're in, because it was a white judge and it's a black little girl, you know, the headlines that you see are judge sends black girl to to jail for not doing her homework. And I think probably 50% of the people didn't even read the article, just read the headline and automatically got upset. But considering, you know, some of the things that I laid out that Grace did, um, because her mom is the one that originally called the police on her a couple of times ever since she was 13 years old. She's been fighting her mom. She's been stealing. She stole like a tablet from the school. She stole one of her classmates' cell phone because her mom had taken her cell phone from her and she wanted her phone. One of the reasons she fought her mom was because she wouldn't take her to her friend's house. So, you know, she definitely has some behavioral issues or whatever. But when you see that headline, and even with all of that being known, how do you guys see it with a judge sending a 15-year-old to juvenile detention? Because we definitely have seen, because the automatic go-to for a lot of people is, you know, what about the guy that killed four people driving drunk? Um, you know, the whole, uh, what was it called? In, in, influenza or whatever. Affluenza. Affluenza. I'm sorry, influenza is the flu. Yeah. <laughs> and, and They're too affluent. Yeah. And Rosie brought brought up the other guy that was accused of rape. What was his name? Brock? Yeah. 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 So, you know, we got dozens of cases that deal with white people that do far worse things than not turning their homework and they get probation or a slap on the wrist. So, Considering everything that she's done, 
could the judge, because the judge is getting a lot of criticism. Could the judge have been lenient with Grace or did Grace need to learn that, hey, there are consequences for your actions? You want this one or you want me to go? I, I, I'll go first because I'm probably going to have an unpopular opinion. Um, Grace needed her ass to go to, uh, to juvenile. Um, because, like you said, it, it had been a pattern of that. And, 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 and everybody thinks, oh, because the social worker had been working with her, the mom had been working with her, you know, she had called the police on her a few times. Like, they hadn't pulled her out of the home. So obviously, or my assumption, I'll I'll, I'll put it like that. My assumption is that it wasn't the mom just being a bad mom, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are situations where you're like, okay, it's that mom's fault because, you know, she was the mom from Precious. And um, so that's why this girl was acting out. I've never seen Precious, by the way. Bruh, it, it it's it's deep. It's a good movie. Um, it, it's it's hard. It's it's a hard one to uh to watch, yeah. but it's a really really good movie. Anyway, so as long as it, my assumption is that she wasn't that the mom wasn't that the mom was actually actively trying and doing what she could, and like you said, the the judge gave her the opportunity, put her on probation because you know she she had been assaulting her mom uh and and she still didn't want to do the right thing. So it, at a certain point like you talked about or I think earlier, you have to have your personal responsibility yeah. for what you have done. And and unless and we can't look at the totality of the judicial system with Brock and everybody else and all these folks that got off now, if we want to look at that individual judge's record and see are they being disparate, then then I'm fine with that. And, we, and if we can find some evidence that that judge has let a you know white male in this same situation off and didn't didn't do anything to them, that's when I'm like, okay, I can count, call foul on it. But if that judge is being pretty consistent, he gave her the opportunity, he gave her the probation, he told her up front. I am going to hold you to the letter of this thing. And she chose not to do it at that point. Yeah. You get the consequences. So I'm, I'm, I think he did the right thing. She, by the way, it was a she judge. She. Oh, okay. What were the alternatives? Um, so she could have just, you know, continue to let her just fuck up her life. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's, a, that's an option. You know, like my thing is, you so, know, even with right. So let me give you let me give you some additional information. So when the teacher was interviewed, she was like, you know, because I do fault the caseworker because she got assigned a new caseworker in the middle of all this, um, and the caseworker did not check up on. It didn't follow with the teacher, but the teacher was like, you know, Grace is no further behind than any other student. Like a lot of students are adjusting to, you know, virtual learning and, and all this kind of stuff. But I think what set it off for the caseworker, she's going by what the mother said. And the mother was like, she's sleeping in. She's not even logging in. She's staying up late. All that kind of stuff. So the caseworker okay. was like, okay. So she's the fuck up of the fuck ups. Nobody else doing their homework, but you just you ain't doing your homework. You already got a judge on your. This is your time to shine. <laughs> Everybody else ain't nobody else doing their homework. This is your time to shine. You have to realize that 
there's consequences for your your action. There was times when I was in school where my teacher was like, well, Tavares, you're not doing your homework. Yeah, but I'm still going to make an A. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is what it is. I'm still going to make an A. At the very least, I'm going to make a B. That's going to upset me for a while, but I'm still going to make an A out of this class. I mean, yeah, I had a little leniency, you know, but somebody who's failing and they're not doing their homework, like, you're not doing your homework. And you're about to fail the class. Her situation is completely different. She... She and I feel sorry for the young lady. And I let me start with backup. I hope for the best. I hope this is what she needed to turn her life around because I want to see our people do well. Yeah, she could end up Judge Joe Brown. It could be, could very well be. But at the same time, it is what it is. Even even in your situation, I'm about you said you might have had the unpopular opinion. I might have the unpopular unpopular opinion. You know, like hey. In this situation, if the judge let off, you know, Bob, I think that's what we were calling white dudes just last week. So I'm just going to continue yeah, Bob yeah. from this week. <laughs> if they let Bob off, but Bob, Bob probably is still going to be okay because he just happens to be a white male and the world is just made for him. It is what it is. He's wrong and she made a bad choice by letting Bob off. But this chick's wrong too. So it's just like, you can't always compare. I don't, and I hate saying this. Like you can't always just compare what they did to somebody else. Like wrong is wrong. Like when I used to work at a, a, another place and like, well, you, you gave me the hookup for so long and now you don't want to give me the hookup anymore. It was a hookup. Like you can't be mad at me for hooking you up. Like you're not doing your homework. You're fighting your mom. You're not going to school. You're, you're sleeping and you're doing everything wrong. And because I punish you for this, or I don't allow you to get over you're mad. Like there's no ground. There's no leg to stand on. Like she's wrong. And luckily she's 15 and she has the, the, the rest of her life to get things right. And maybe going to an HBCU in <laughs> that black utopia will help her <laughs> develop and become comfortable with herself. But Hey man, I, I, I have no, and I don't know the whole situation. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there was a, you know, something in her life that triggered this and she's going through some stuff and maybe hopefully in the juvenile hall, I don't know, maybe there's counselors or somebody that can help. Yeah. She's, trigger this because she's, she's getting help in there now. And that's my main thing. Yeah. So the same thing with uh, any kind of um, criminal actor, the justice system, I want to see reform. I need to see what you're doing to help her. Like if you're just going to put her in juvenile hall for two, three months or whatever the case may be and not help her, it's a waste of time. Maybe it'll scare her straight, whatever the case may be. But if you're not getting to the root of why she doesn't care, then she'll probably be in juvenile hall again. Or, you know, that this is the beginning of a cycle, which I hope it's not. So if they're going to put her in there and the judge truly cares about her and has a a plan. And that's, I guess that's the question. Did, is there a plan of action within the juvenile system that's going to try to help her overcome this. Yeah. yeah like that's a plug for ALI uh, one more time, but um, that's one of the things we talked about in uh, the leadership initiative was criminal justice reform and really truthfully as a society, what we want prison to be or, or juvenile detention, but what we want it to be, do we really want it to be a re- rehabilitation or do we just want it to be, hey, let's get these people off the street for a certain amount of time and, and just hold them there. And 
my my hope is that, like you said, for that detention facility or that juvenile detention is really somewhere she can get help. She can get counseling. They can get to the root of why she's acting out like this, because if her mom is trying as much as she can, there has to be something else going on that's just causing her to act out like this and not listen and not not respect any authority, because there, a lot of times kids will not respect their parents. But you put them in front of a judge and they'll respect the judge, at least, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, so for her to be like, I'm not respecting you. I'm not respecting the social worker. I'm not respecting the judge. I'm not respecting my teacher, whatever. There has to be something else going on there. Uh, and they need to get to the root of that. So I do hope that, you know, she gets there and she is actually rehabilitated and and helped uh, to get through all of that. And then when she turns 18, her record is sealed and she can go on to be and have a productive life. Man, you guys stole all my thunder. I first off, I thought I was gonna be the one that had the unpopular opinion. What made you think that? <laughs> what have we said on this show that makes you think we just like you know because, because, because she's been getting like support from Black Lives Matter, like people protesting and all this kind of stuff. They probably haven't read. They haven't me, read the article. Let me let me just uh, it's, 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 and that's what I think. I think a lot of people read the headline and just jump to it. But let me just say this: if you're one of those people that thinks the judge is being completely racist. You may be right. If you're one of the people that thinks the the affluential guy that I mentioned, the Brock guy, hell, we had our 43rd president was a screw up. And if his dad was probably, you know, some janitor in Mobile County versus being, you know, the director of the CIA, the eventually the vice president and then the president himself, then he probably never would have became president. If he had been just a black kid, you know, with a father that didn't have any connections, he probably never would have been president, but he had connections. He was white. So if you want to screen white privilege, you are absolutely correct. If someone was white before Judge Brennan that did the same thing that Grace did, and she probably would have left them off the hook, you're probably correct. But she's not wrong. Well, I mean, it's not normal to have your parents call the police on you. Not once, but several mm-hmm. times. And yep. like she started pause, off. Pause, 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 pause. Especially in the black community. Because yeah. a lot of black mamas I know, like, I wish them. Like, it's, and, 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 oh, and I'm getting <laughs> to that, too, because cause her mom admittedly said, you know, she didn't know about any other type of resources as far as getting her help. All she knew to do was to call the police. And and one of the times in particular that I want to get on is when she reached in the car and grabbed her mom's hair because she wouldn't take her to a friend's house and bit her. And let me just say this, Grace, I don't know if you have the means to listen to this podcast. I don't know if you'll ever hear this episode, but let me just tell you this real quick, because I do hope you get the help that you need. I do hope you become successful. I do kind of wish the judge... Had of, I, I do kind of wish the judge had of chosen to put you in a facility that gets you help versus just a juvenile detention. But I agree with my brothers that you do need to know the consequences of your actions. But let me just say this to you and anyone that's a family member of her. It may be good that you're in the juvenile detention because if you were my child, you may have wound up in the hospital if you bit me or my wife. I'm going to let you know that <laughs> right now. So you may actually be a lot luckier. Being your mom's daughter versus my daughter, because I wish to God my daughter would ever do (laughs) anything like pull Tabitha's hair or bite. Are you crazy? 
No. So. So, quick question. So, would it have been you or would it have been Tab? Because I kind of think Tab would have lost oh, it. Too. Tab would have lost it too. Tab would have definitely. And you know what's crazy? Lost it. Is there, is there a father in the house? No. He, we just, uh, he, he, he chose not to be in her life when she was pregnant. So, he, he okay. never was part of the life. Because I just and and I just assumed, and so I was yeah. correcting my assumption. And, and, yeah, okay. and I do want to put this out here too, because I think you guys touched on it. We don't know what Grace is dealing with. I mean, so many of our little girls get sexually molested and assaulted at an early age, and they don't want to tell anybody because they think it's their fault. And that can manif- manifest your behavior in so many different ways. So I don't want to like recklessly speculate, but we don't know what all is going on with her, but she's clearly acting out and she's clearly having behavior issues. Now the judge feels like she's helping Grace. She said, look, I sent her to juvenile detention. She's no longer in juvenile detention anymore, by the way. She's in a facility that deals with helping kids with behavioral issues. And she was like, you know, since I've sent her, I've been told that her behavior has gotten much better. And I would have been doing her a disservice had I let her, had I let her go back home. And so I know people want to be angry anytime there's a white person punishing a black person. And when you read that headline, because I saw it like on a Saturday and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And like, I ignored it for like the next three days. And finally I said, yo, let me read this and see what's going on. And it's, it's not as black. This, this ain't, you know, the typical, because when I read the headline, I automatically thought about the judge in the Natasha Harlan case. Uh, when the uh, the Asian lady killed her over a bottle of orange juice. Say it, say it. It's not as black and white, black and white as you thought it is. Come on. That's it's, what you wanted to say. A, I know. I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> you, you got me. You got me. But this ain't it, man. This ain't it. And I have I, I have no problem with anyone disagreeing with what the judge did. If you're one of those people that's saying, man, she should have got that girl some help. She didn't have to send her to jail. I, I hear you. But I also hear what you two have said. And even what my wife said, because I talked to her about this case, she's stolen two things before, multiple times assaulting her mom. They, they've they given her second chances already. So you can't say she should have mm-hmm. been given a second chance because she's had six or seven chances. So yeah. th- this will be a question for a letter show. But I mean, I guess my original question on this was, is it holds true? What are the alternatives? Like, is do we have a system set up for these kids who maybe... I can't even say nonviolent crime, right? Assault, like she's theft, assault, like violent, like I don't, I don't know what else you want to do. Just, but, just like, just like, just like her mom said, I didn't know. Most people don't know. There are other uh, avenues that you can take mm-hmm. uh, with trying to get free assistance, oh. but no, no, there, there's free assistance out there um, through social services and things like that. But uh, the wait times are so super long. Um, you know, the caseloads for the social workers. Um, so because my line brother actually worked with, um, a, 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 I can't remember the company, uh, right out of college. That's what he did. And he would go into schools and be the social worker for those at risk kids. Uh, so there are services out there for the kids, but the problem is it's hard to get in them. Most people don't know about them. And so reach out to your your local social services or, or city hall and ask what's out there, because there's a lot of foundations and there's a lot of nonprofits that do that type of work. Yeah. Uh, if you do have to do that before you call the police, but because once the police are involved, they're going to go down the normal criminal justice system. And so 
we talked about criminal justice reform and what we need to do to change that. That needs to still happen. Mm-hmm. And so then that judge would have been able to say, I am sending you to this social services place instead of sending you to juvenile detention, because I recognize that this isn't you're acting out for some reason. It's not necessarily that you're just a bad kid and I'm putting you in juvenile detention. Or maybe she needed to go here first, realize how how close she is to the edge before the other option makes sense to her. So because we've all made mistakes and I think 90 percent of the people know what we're supposed to do in life right or wrong, and we still make bad choices until it's too late. So, yep. Rob, what you got for us, man? All right. So I'll, I'll go to a question. I've been holding on for a second on this one, um, trying to look for the right time to ask it. And we're talking about family today, and I've already invoked Allison's name. So might as well go for it um, there. So, and I cleared it with it before, just to let y'all know. Um, so, <laughs> to far, <I'm> nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave this laugh in too. Allison, you hear them talking like they be they be they be checking me though. Uh they be like, no, don't say that. Yep. yep. <laughs> but for real, um for for the listeners that don't know, Allison is my oldest daughter, Haley's mo- mother, and she right now is on the front lines fighting COVID as a travel nurse. Shout out to her. Much love to the first responders. Much um, love. But when she finished her nursing license, she also has a younger daughter. So Haley's in college, so it's not as big of a deal, but she has a younger daughter. And when she finished her license, she was trying to figure out if she wanted to go travel nursing or not. And one of the things was that if she went to travel nurse, then she would have to leave Addie with, you know, her, her Addie's dad. And so she was like torn about that. And there's this stigma about, a custodial parent leaving a child with another parent while they go do something. But a two parent household can do that all the time. Ferg, you, you travel for your job. You're gone most of the week. Uh, and it's no second thought about you leaving your child or your children with your wife. But for some reason, there's this stigma about a single mom leaving the kids with the dad. So my question is kind of two prong is why do you think people feel like fathers can't raise kids? Single dad right here, you know, and I've kind of felt that like people felt like they need to swoop in and like, you know, help me parent. And also, you know, in that same instance, non-custodial parents not being able to, to parent their children or be able to keep their children and that stigma for that custodial parent for leaving them with the non-custodial parent. Like people be like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't give up my child. Like they're giving up the kid because they're trying to do what's best for them or what's best for the family. I'll go first on this one. (laughs) First of all, I think it goes back to something we've said a lot of uh, several times. I think the way, especially in American society, men are raised or groomed it's a lot of times we aren't taught to nurture. It's not first nature for us, you know? So I think that stigma just, it holds true. Just like I said, a lot of times, you know, people aren't going to send their kids to daycare with men as teachers. They're not like male teachers aren't usually that prevalent until later in life when the girls more self-sufficient and stuff like that. I think that that holds true in daily raising of kids as well. Like people just don't think men 
can't do it. And I think part of it is a crutch too. Like, I mean, it'll, it gives us an uh, opportunity to kind of bow out. Like, so, um, and then your second part is don't even say custodial parents, say custodial mothers. Because if, mm-hmm. you know, if it was on the, she was on the foot and the father was being, you know, this great single dad who got custody of the kids and he decided to take a job and to do something to further the family and gave, uh, sent the kids with the mother, there would be no issue. Or the True. issue wouldn't be as big. It's because it's a mother. And so, you know, it, it is what it is. People just think women have a place. And their place, you know, they can work, but they still got to be a mother. They got to be a mother first. You know, job, wife, all that secondary. They have to be a mother first. And I think it sucks. I commend Allison. You know, that's a hard decision to make. You know, it's a hard decision for me not to be home with my kids. You know, um, for you for you all that don't know, we have a one-year-old son and la- with Last year, my wife was put on bed rest because of complications with the pregnancy, and I still had to work. So I was leaving almost every week, and it hurt my heart every time I walked out of the door because I couldn't be there for her. I couldn't be there for my daughter. And uh, hats off to my sister and stepmom and their family for being able to step up and help uh, ease that burden while I was traveling. But for most people, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, if the shoe was on other foot, you know, they would have they would have they would have called for the the tortures and tar, tar and feather Z for the same same situation. And I commend Allison. That's that's a tough thing. I think for any parent just to have to leave up and leave their kid to help progress their career, their lives. And also, I think it's it's admirable because it teaches Haley and Addie and any other young lady who's watching that you you still can be. You don't lose yourself all the time in family. You know, now Haley can see like, hey, it's okay to be a provider for my family. It's okay to do the same thing that it's that's acceptable for men because we're talking about glass ceilings all the time. That's a glass ceiling. Well, you can't you can't take this great job or this great opportunity because you're a mother. That's that's freaking stupid. You know, we're we're putting, you know, we're not even limiting like the company's not limiting socially, you know, we're limiting what a woman can do. So I think it's 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 stupid. Well, there's there's not a whole lot to add when the uh the previous answer is perfect. Um Fur pretty much hit everything that I wanted to say because I was gonna challenge that is it the whole non custodial issue, or is it just the issue that it's a woman? Uh, traveling and he he touched on all that. Um, it's the only time I've ever taken up for uh, Sarah Palin when she was running for vice president. You know, people were saying she should she should stay home and, and take care of her kids. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't like her, but that's not why she should stay home. So we just it's just the way men and women have been portrayed through the years, especially in this country. And we just, I think we're still not used to women doing that type of stuff, you know, traveling and, and, and leaving their kid with, and, and it's not like, especially in Allison's case, or even in your uh, example, it's not like they're leaving their kid with uh, an aunt or, or, or a cousin or something like they're with their parent. So 
it should be no problem. It's just, right. it's just a matter of if you can deal with it, if you personally can deal with that sacrifice of being away from your child. And this, that's for a man or a woman that travels a lot. If if you can deal with it and and you have, you know, your, your other uh, the other parent is available, then by all means. Go for it. it would have still been a problem if they were together, married and she went off. They yes. would still have a problem. So it's not yeah. her being the custodial parent. It's because she's the mom. That's that's all it is. Like we can sugarcoat it any way we want. It's because she's a mom. It's just that simple. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, so yeah. And, so and, and, and you just gonna and, leave your child? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Allison said she actually heard that. Uh-huh. You know, from people, and and that's that's sad. But because I mean, it's it's the gender rolled BS of you know. I, the mother does this, the father does this. Um, you know, I, I saw a post on Facebook. They were talking about how our, our, our boys are being raised to argue like women. And I'm like, and, and it I, like, that's, that's stupid. That dumbass thing post. Is, oh my God. Yeah. Y'all know which one I'm talking yes, about. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it makes no sense because the thing about it is women who argue like that are just as wrong. <laughs> so how about you teach your young ladies not to argue like that and not to go off on the hand, uh, fly off on everybody and not, you know, roll their neck and have to uh, actually go out, go after every person that tries to, um, to challenge them. And the problem is by saying, Oh, we're not going to raise our boys to argue at all. What they do is they end up hitting and so that's why we have so much DV or domestic violence. That's why we have so many boys that ha- learn how to hit because that's all they know. They don't know how to actually argue a point or debate. Again, going back to what I talked about, we need to learn how to debate. But yeah, it, I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. It, it's one of those things that I'm starting to really, really, it's starting to kind of irk me sometimes at how people feel like I can't do it. And, and, you know, shout out to, uh, Roderick Addy's dad is the same way. Like people are like, oh, he can't do it. Uh, and, and why would a woman leave her, uh, her daughter with a, a man? I'm like, that's her dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not a man, it's her dad. And so, you know, I, I understand that there's, we, we talked to Byron mentioned it, you know, there are guys out there that molest girls and everything like that. My thing is, that mother should know that that is there. They should be able to see those warning signs, or I hope they should be able to see those warning signs in that spouse to be like, I can't leave my child with them. We're not talking about those situations. We're talking about a spouse or, you know, a, a, a person that or a father that is, has shown you every which way that they are responsible as a parent. Uh, and you feel comfortable, like you said, Byron, to be able to lead that child with them. Uh, so my hat's off to Allison as well. I mean, guys just know, like, as far as me, I'm, I can parent. Um, it's probably the the best way to put it. It's like, I I can take care of the kids. I, because we were a partnership and, and maybe that, maybe again, this is something that, you know, because our situation or our relationship was so great, we co-parented the entire time. So there was nothing that that Jenica did for the kids that I didn't do on a normal basis. Like I cooked probably not as much as her, but I cooked for the kids. I bathed the kids. I combed their hair sometimes. So like for me, it 
it was just more of what I had been doing, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I don't know how, I, there's no way, I don't know how to do this at all. I mean, it, it, it's things that you can do. And so just let's get out of these gender roles and these gender norms and get down to just being good people and good relation, being able to be in good relationships and, and, and choosing the right people, you know, people over with a 500 credit score, as uh, Ani said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. well, hats off to you, Raji. And I tell people all the time, and when they talk about, you know, uh, mothers and fathers and the way they parent, it's we just might parent different. Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's what people have to realize is like the things that one mother or the mother might think are so important, all these little details that she wants to implement, the father might not do. But it's not wrong because he doesn't do that or see that or agree with that. It's just, we're different and we parent different or Mm -hmm. some of the things, the way we react to certain things are different. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. And so you definitely can parent. You're great. The patience you have, I talk to you all the time, the patience you have, I'm working on that as well, but I know I still can raise my kids, you know? Um, And even, you know, you were talking about being with that father, even if it was just, if it was a grandparent, it was an aunt, a sister, like people still have the right to live. I personally think people still have the right to live their lives, especially if they're, they're not running from their obligations. They're not running from the kids. It's, Hey, if I do this for two to three years, the life I can provide for my kids, it could change my life, change their lives. Like where is the, where is What's wrong with that? That's part of the reason I took this job. I don't want to travel for my whole life, but I want to be able to have a job that pays good money where I can make a good living, provide and stack money and do these things for my family and also show my family it's okay to travel and do things that might be a little taboo, like you're leaving your wife and at home with the kids all the time. Yeah, it's not even about the money. It's also some of the things I can teach, but Allison's teaching people that they they can go out and live their lives and do things that and travel and have these type jobs as well. So once again, hats off to you, Allison. Hats off to all the traveling uh, nurses and people, women that are doing their thing and not giving into gender roles because the world told them that they're bad parents. You're not bad parents. You're great examples. So. And that's the thing, man. She's like out there working. Ain't like she out there following Jeezy on a, a nationwide tour or something. Like she, she's working. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. And at one of the most one of the most important times to be a nurse yeah. in recent American history. Definitely. She's yep. on, she's only she's only on the front line. Right. She's only just fighting COVID, you know. That's all. Nothing yeah. big. Yeah. Nothing big. Yeah. Haley, your mom's hero. Four million people now in this country alone have gotten it. Four million. Yeah. Yep. What are we at? Like hundred and thirty something thousand deaths? Yeah. 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 It's going up every day though. It'll it'll it'll, it'll When's the next big holiday? That's what our next big spike will be. And then cold and flu season is about to be crazy. I mean, you can call Labor Day a big holiday, but really Thanksgiving. Yeah, but week. Labor Day is a big beach day. So that's the thing. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, a, big, it's a big travel yeah. weekend. Yeah. And yeah. so there'll be Labor Day parties and stuff. Even though people aren't at work right now, they could, I mean, have a party any weekend. But for some reason, they want to do it on Labor Day weekend um, because that's what they know. And people like normalcy. So we, we got to you got to understand that that little piece of normalcy might be the thing that's getting them through this right now. Um, they just got to be smart about it. I mean, you're right. We can have a bar. We can have a barbecue tomorrow. 
<laughs> people at home. <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. Uh, g- great question, man. You had anything else you wanted to add? Nah, man, that's it. That's Besides it. Besides Allison, you're a hero. Um, great show, fellas. I had fun. As usual, had a blast. I don't think we were too angry today. I don't think. I don't know. We weren't. I, were we really angry? Nah, we, we've been doing good with the anger. We've been doing yeah. good. You know, not the angry black dudes this, year, this, mm-hmm. this month. We got a little angry at that post. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that post. Uh, so, fellas, uh, let's take them out. Let's go, go ahead and close the show out. Well, I um, so I, I kind of criticized Florida last week, you know, saying I'm sure you want another uh, another governor. But I want to congratulate him now. I mean, Trump has decided to uh, cancel his uh, Republican convention in Jacksonville. there. so, you know, good news for you guys that didn't want him there. I, I guess if you wanted him there, then just go to wherever he decides to go. But. Great for you guys. He won't he won't be coming in there, so that's good. Also, I just want to let the listeners know we're coming up on a, a complete year uh next month of doing this show. And I know from almost every episode we thank you guys for listening. And I don't want that I don't want you guys to think that's just a routine thing we do. We really mean that. Like Ferd came to me and Razio with this idea maybe a year and a half ago. And it just progressed and progressed until we finally started recording. But we didn't really know what we were going to be doing. We just kind of hit the record button and started talking. And to our surprise, we have a significant amount of you that decided you wanted to hear our opinions. And that means a lot to us. So we just thank you guys. We're coming up on a year and we just hope that we're continuing to get better and better in your opinions. So, you know, Ferg is going to give you the six rules of podcasting at the end of the episode, but I just want to reiterate one of them. Please share like that. That's the number one goal for us. Like that's the reason we have the merchandise that we have three brothers, no sense.com by the way, but that's the reason why we have the merchandise, not to make any profit. We just want you to spread the word. When you wear that shirt, who, who is that? What is that? And, and you can tell somebody about it. So please share the show, you know, share the post on social media. And, you know, we love you guys. If you can hear my voice, we love you guys. I love you guys more than I did yesterday and a little less than I do tomorrow. Love you. Well, that that was a Mr. Rogers clothes, bro. <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying? I just I need know. I just need the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're going to do a little different this week. I'm going to go ahead and say my piece. I'm going to let Rosie close out. Uh, I want to say speaking of our fans or our listeners, I love you guys, but to you too. I love you like brothers and I have brothers and I love them too, but I love you guys like brothers and Rosie just, uh, once again, I've said it a thousand times. I really respect the hell out of you. Um, and everything you you've gone through and everything, all the, the wisdom you've been able to share and how strong you've been through in this time. And I know it's this week. And by the time the listeners listen to this show, this weekend will pass, but, uh, I want to, uh, say I'm with you, even though I'm, I'm with you in spirit and heart, even though I won't be with you uh, physically this weekend. I know it's a trying time coming up and you're going to be thinking about a lot. This is for the listeners that might have missed the last episode. This is uh, Jenica's birthday weekend. Ooh, we love you, Jenica, 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 Jenica. Um, I know you're partying, whatever you are. And um, hats off to your family. You have an awesome support system and I love them like they're my family as well. So, with that being said, I'm going to leave it to you to close out 
however you want. I hope I didn't put you on the spot. No, nah, man. No, nah. thanks. Thanks. No, nah, it's good, man. Um, thank you for that. Thank you again. I, I, I've said it a few times. Thank you everybody for their support. Thank you everybody who reaches out, you know, just checks on me randomly. I, I appreciate every last text, every last call. Um, that that's been huge for me, just getting me through, you know, you have your up, up days and your down days and, uh, you put the mask on to go to work to have the podcast and, and I talked about it at the funeral, you know, the army taught me to compartmentalize. And so I compartmentalize a lot. And, um, and sometimes you just got to let it out. And, and I do when, when it's time to let it out, but I appreciate all the support that I've been getting from everybody, man. And, uh, along those lines, it's Jenica's birthday, but if I didn't put it out there or didn't let everybody know, but the scholarship, is actually on UA's website now. So if you want to contribute to this uh, scholarship, you can go to uh, ua.edu slash alumni. Uh, and it says contribute to an alumni uh, scholarship. Click that and you'll see Jenica's name there. Uh, and you can give to that. That'll be the easiest way, best way to, to continue to support her legacy is to be able to give that scholarship. We've already given 30000 to the school, the Alumni Association. Every dollar that you give, the Alumni uh, Association matches. So that's a huge part of it. So we can actually, so that means that because we've given thirty, that's going to be about $50,000, $60,000 uh, towards a scholarship uh, for a uh, young African-American in fashion and apparel textile designs at the U- University of Alabama. So that's huge. And so I appreciate everything that you guys have done and uh, will continue to do for that. And um, I'll just close it out with the six rules of podcast. I'm going to try listen, like comment, share, subscribe, and uh, listen again. Close enough. <laughs> I'll take it. He did great. He did great. <laughs>